Good morning, saints. It's good to see this number here today. Uh, whew, we've had a little uh, technical difficulty, but by God's grace, we got it worked out. Let's start with a word of prayer, please. Our God and our Father, we love you, and we know that we're blessed that you have allowed us to come to this place that we might hear you speak to us through your word, that we might have fellowship one with another, that we might better understand what your will is for us in this body of Christ, and that we can collectively and together harmoniously work towards being all that we can be to help strengthen this family and hopefully reach out to those who are lost, but to be an active part of the body of Christ the world over. Be with us throughout this lesson and help us to do those things that are pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. Whew. Did everybody get a handout with a little blue post-it attached to it? If you didn't, raise your hand. Calvin can hook you right up. Uh, I started out, uh, as you know, we're doing uh, bodybuilding in the body of Christ. And I thought about uh, bodybuilding, exercise, workout, where do you work out? Where do you exercise? Oh, at home. <laughs> Characteristically, you work out in a gym. Is that familiar to anybody? <laughs> do, you, do you know what, the, what gym re actually refers to? Back in the early days when the Olympics and all that kind of stuff got started, uh, athletes used to exercise naked. And so gym actually means to exercise naked. So I thought I'd kind of like veer away from that concept. Even though this shocked me. If you look into the scriptures, uh, I think it's uh, uh, the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 20, I think. It talks about the naked prophet. Is anybody familiar with that concept or that story? You get a chance to go read there. I know this is a sidetrack, but I just thought about that gym thing and exercise and all that sort of thing. Uh, do you know that there are actually congregations of people who come together to worship God and they strip naked? That, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I never thought that, you know, I, when you thought you've heard everything and then something like that comes up. Uh, it just goes to show you that when people don't, search the scriptures, when people don't study to show themselves approved, when people don't really listen to what God is saying to them, they can just go off on any kind of tangent and do all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, people actually show up to the building, they go in the back room, and they all get naked, and they come out and have worship service. I don't think we're going to go that way. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Ephesians, the uh, fourth chapter. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, looks into a lot of... Uh, a lot of the things that we're going to touch on, hopefully, God willing, before we get done with this. Uh, uh, in Ephesians, the fourth chapter and second verse, it says, completely, be completely humble and gentle and be patient, bearing one another in love. Hopefully, as, as we go and look at ways in which we can build ourselves up as a body of Christ, you can see that those are some very fundamental and basic, uh, important uh, variables that we want to incorporate into the uh, 
process of becoming strong in Christ. Uh, later on in that same chapter, uh, in the, uh, he talks about the apostles, evangelists, prophets, pastors, and so forth, uh, that God placed in the body of Christ to, to strengthen us. And he says various leaders to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And finally, the 13th chapter says, I mean, the 13th verse of the fourth chapter says, until we all reach the unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So we have a lot of, uh, let me ask you this. Do you ever reach a level of complete, absolute, full maturity in, in Christ to where you can't continue to work out and get stronger? I think it's a continuous process. I mean, we want to be like who? We want to be like Jesus. Uh, I, that, that's quite a challenge, but it's not something that's impossible. The, world, the Bible talks about uh, being thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The man of God may be perfect, and that perfect is just being complete. So we're always striving towards perfection. We should always be working to try to be more and more robust in our knowledge of God and in our interaction of how we uh, exercise those things that God has given to us that we should do in order to become strong. Uh, last week we had a kind of a, a, some technical glitches just like this morning. Uh, hopefully I'll get to certain parts of it that would enable us to do a little interaction. But um, actually it might have been a blessing that we didn't, that the slide deck got kind of crazy because I was forced to go into that portion that was up there, which looked into the using of the assessment. How many of you have actually uh, gone online and pulled down that assessment and had a chance to complete it yet? You have gotten it. So, so it, it, it did go out. I mean, I sent it out to the link that I was told to send it out to, and if nobody got it, uh, I would appreciate it if you'd let me know. Send me a text or send me an email or something like that. Okay. He made you do it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Thanks a lot, brother. Uh, the, the intent is not to do any manipulation. Uh, the intent is a self-introspective, is, is an attempt to uh, enable us to, to, to know more about ourselves, to have a good feel for the different parts of the body of Christ, yes. It's, this particular thing is called a human metrics. Uh, I don't know, I sent it out last week sometime. Did anybody get it? I guess not. I, I guess I have to say, I, I talked to one brother that, that, that got it. In fact, I talked to Brother Cook, and he said he got it, and he's completed his. Uh, but uh, we have a little bit of time before we actually have to have that instrument, uh, before we want to move into to what we want to do with that. Yes. The information is going to be used to help us to look into our own selves. 
uh, and to look at how we can make an application of that in service to the body of Christ. Uh, and, and, I, and I put up a template last week that showed uh, all the different 16 temperament types and areas where you might be comfortable. We did a little exercise with the folding of hands. I won't put you through that again, Wayne. <laughs> but the, the, the point is, for instance, how many of you have heard of introverts and extroverts? You're familiar with that term. Introverts, that, that particular dichotomy is a focus of your energy. It's, you know, introverts like uh, quiet introspection. Uh, they like to uh, just kind of think about things before they say it. They like to have quiet meditation, that kind of stuff. Extroverts are all, you know, are very interactive, are very, uh, they get their energy by being around people and interacting with folks. Um, and so how we can use that in the body of Christ. Introverts can be powerful prayer warriors. Or you can be very comfortable sitting down writing cards to people. Doing those kind of things in the body of Christ to reach out to folks. Extroverts obviously can, you know, be a little bit more interactive with folks and, and feel comfortable in that role. Uh, out maybe knocking on doors or doing those kind of things. Does that make sense? Okay. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, I thought you were racist. <laughs> okay, you're adjusting your mask. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now that's not to try to pigeonhole anybody. And it's not to try to use any information as a weapon towards anybody. The intent, the idea is to look at what our gifts are. If you go to uh, uh, Romans 12 and you go to 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about gifts differing. It talks about the different gifts. And we've been talking about, for, in fact, hopefully we'll talk about this morning, some of those gifts that God has blessed us with that, 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 that give diversity in the body of Christ. I asked a question last week, uh, what kind of church would the Church of Christ be if everybody in it was just like me? Well, you know, it, it, would, it wouldn't have the richness that we have of all the different people that have different perspectives and different ways in which we can look at things and do things. And some people are very good at certain things and, and, and where I'm not good at it, you might be good at it. And so we just want to look at operationalizing and mobilizing everybody in the family of God. Nobody should be a bench warmer. Nobody should be sitting on the sidelines. Uh, when God comes back, he's going to say, what did you do with that talent that I gave you? And you can say, well, I had it on a bushel. Or you can say, I, I, I shared it with somebody. And that might be as simply as just living a good Christian life before somebody so that they could see that sermon that you preach every day just by being like Jesus. So anyway, I, I, I didn't intend to go into that much detail about that. But does anybody have any more questions about that? I'll send out the link again. Please go through and complete it. I sent this one out because it's free. <laughs> Back when I used to do this for a living, we would charge anywhere from 100 to $500 to do this. And this one's free. But you get the same kind of results. 
And I think it can be a very useful tool for us in the body of Christ. Now, you can share, you can keep that information to yourself or you can share with other people so we can know how to best use the body of Christ in an effective way, internally and externally. So let, let, let me move on. Last week, um, we were talking about how to, what are some of those things that we do or what are some of the tools that we have in the body of Christ and in, in the family of God. And somebody said, uh, to love each other. And the question is, how, what does that look like? How, you know, how does that work? You know, and I thought about this passage of scripture where, where uh, Peter, uh, John, uh, God, Jesus was talking to Peter and he said, he said three different times. He said, do you love me? And what was his answer? Sure, I love you. There's no doubt in my mind that this sister loves me. Now, once upon a time in, in a class like this, I, I said, everybody here loves me, right? And one person at the back said, no. <laughs> I won't tell you who that was, but everybody knows him. Uh, but anyway, I think we all love each other. But the point is, he said, feed my sheep. He said, if you love me, okay, that's, that's fine. I can sit at home in my house and I can love you. But what does that look like? And how does that work? And how, how do I make an application of that without it just being something that's dormant, that's just laying there? So he said, feed my sheep. Now, we, it's obvious to us, I think all of us, that he's talking about two-legged. He's not talking about four-legged sheep. Uh, and uh, and he's also not talking about four-legged wolves. I mean, in, in another place in the, in the scriptures. Uh, we know that there are wolves out there. And we have to really be on our guard for, for serving in, in, the, in, the, in the vineyard. Why does God refer to the saints as sheep? I mean, we could have been anything, lions, elephants, why does he use that particular analogy? There's a lot of comparisons here. When we look at different parts of the body, they all do different things and they all serve a very wonderful purpose. Why sheep? Yes. The flock. Yeah, that's good. Right. Okay. Okay. And, and what is the characteristic? Yes. <laughs> lived in England. We woke up one day and we, uh, it had snowed and we had in the back of our yard all these sheep and I'm like, told my husband, I was like, where'd they come from? So I decided to go out there and try to like gather them up to get them out of the yard and they were just scattering all over the place. Yeah. And, um, so you really need a shepherd and somebody that knows how to do, like, keep them together and guide them. On a scale of one to 10, what would you say the, the intellectual capacity of a sheep is? <laughs> okay. Uh, the point is, is like she said, sheep can wander. They can just go all over the place. And so how do we feed those sheep? What are some of the characteristics? What, what does it look like in a, in a really practical sense 
feeding my sheep. Wait a minute. Let me back up. This is God, Jesus and Peter talking. Is he just, does that, does that command die with him? Or does it apply to us? And does it apply to only our shepherds? Or does it apply to all of us? So all of us are supposed to do what? Feed the sheep. And that's us, each other. That's nourishing each other. That's encouraging each other. That's, you know, provoking one another into love and good deeds. So how do we do that? Trick question, no? Encouraging one another. Daily. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. How else do we feed the flock of God? I think your presence here is a, a source of encouragement. Yeah, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Uh, there are a lot of things that we can do to encourage one another, provoke one another to love and good deeds and bear one another's burdens. Uh, hopefully, uh, before this lesson's over, um, we'll be able to We'll be able to combine some of those concepts in terms of how to feed each other and how to feed the sheep and how to step outside of our comfort zone. Now, because of the things that happened last week, we were able to actually get through this particular slide. We're in 1 Corinthians 12 chapter, and we went from uh, verse 12 all the way up to 20. Um, I'd like for us to move on to the next portion of that. Romans 12 and um, verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unrepresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Each part has a function, and they all work together. Um, I thought it was interesting last week when we talked about the suffering piece. And we, we realized that there are times in which we suffer together. When we come together at a funeral, that's a way in which we, even though we're, we're mourning, we, we bond together. There's a lot of ways in which we can come together. I mentioned the, uh, last week the 9-11. I remember when that happened, uh, that Wednesday night Bible class, we didn't go through the regular Wednesday night study. We all just shared stories. We all just bonded together. We all just hugged one another. We prayed together. We did that kind of stuff. And it brought us together closer as a congregation. I remember one brother who was there at the congregation. He was a retired Navy guy. Uh, and uh, he, was, he worked at the Pentagon. <laughs> he worked at the Pentagon. 
And ordinarily, the, uh, uh, he, would, you know, he would be at his desk at the time when that happened, and it would have landed right where his desk was. It just so happened that that day he decided to go to the gym and then go home and take a shower. When he got out of the shower, he turned on the TV, and boom, the, the Pentagon was blown up. And if he had been at work, he wouldn't be with us today. So, I mean, you know, you go through some of those kind of experiences with each other, and it gives you kind of a, um, an appreciation for some of the things that, that we suffered together with and, uh, um, and, 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 and grow stronger together. Uh, a sister in Christ, I've probably shared this story with you before. We were living in Japan and this sister in Christ uh, was, was diagnosed with cancer and she had surgery. We were a very small congregation. Some of you have been in very small congregations and when, when you're in a very small congregation, everybody, it's like being in a small town. Thank you. Everybody knows everybody. And um, when that sister went into surgery, I think we all involuntarily were just fasting. We just could not eat, period, because we were so close to her and feeling, uh, you know, it, it, until she came out of surgery. And by the way, she's doing quite well. That was like 30 some years ago, and she's still doing very well. But we're really uh, very thankful for that, that opportunity to share that experience with her. Uh, we just read the passages of scripture from 21 through 27, I think. Yes. And uh, oh, wait a minute. we just read 21. Didn't you read 21 through 27? Where he talks about um, the complexity of the body of Christ and the cooperation that is required and is necessary. And here's how we kind of bring this home. Last uh, Wednesday, for those of you who were here or tuned in to Zoom, uh, the brother who did the uh, devotion shared with us one of the childhood songs. Everybody knows this song, right? Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. First of all, let me ask this question. Why is the song generated to say, be careful? Any thoughts about that? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. I talk to Brother Roy a lot. Many of you know Brother uh, Roy, William Roy. He's, and he's, a, he's a blind brother, for those of you that don't know him. <laughs> And I tell them all the time, there are times in which you are really blessed to, uh, to not be able to see some of the things that are going on, especially in the springtime when people come out with half their clothes on, you'd be doing some Jimmy Carter <laughs> adultery. <laughs> so you have to really be careful. Eyes what you see, ears what you hear, uh, feet where you go. Hands what you do. We're talking about the body of Christ. We are the hands, the feet, the eyes, the ears of God here on earth. Pass it, Wesley, please. Go ahead. The mouth. Yes. What about the mouth? The tongue is a fiery 
thing. <laughs> you can do blessings and curses with the tongue. So we have to be careful. Sometimes you say something and there's no way you can take it back. You can't unring the bell. So we have to really be careful what we, what we hear, what we, what we see, where we go, and what's in our heart. And as brother, the brother said, what we say, because that's a demonstration of the body of Christ, the family of God, how strong we are, how weak we are, whether we're really where we should be in terms of our spiritual growth. So you all have a piece of paper there and it has a blue, it has a post-it on it. It has three post-its on it. Uh, I'd like for you to participate in this exercise. Um, on one of those posts put up in the left-hand corner, EE, and that's for ears and eyes. And in, a, in, a, in the corner of another one, put H and F, that's hands and feet. And then the other one's put H and now M thanks to the input from one of our shepherds. Okay, the F, what did I say? E and E is for ears and eyes. How do we use our ears and our eyes to enrich, to build, to strengthen the body of Christ? Just jot down something on that post-it note. How do you and I think everybody can participate in this. If you didn't get a post-it, uh, say something or raise your hand, because we really would like your input on this. Um, you didn't get You have any left? Say again? Sure. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, you got the post-its. Oh, I'm sorry. They have them. They have them. E-E. Right on there. How can you, personally, Use your ears and your eyes to fortify the body of Christ. And I've already stuck a couple of them on there. Where's ears and eyes over there? Uh, I said, I can uh, listen to gospel broadcasts and I can study God's word. You know, it's useful to have eyes to do that, but either Brother Sonny reads Braille and he studies all the time. Uh, for the, for the hands and feet, I said writing cards to encourage people and knocking on doors to, to do the gospel, I mean to spread the gospel. Uh, the Crusade for Christ happens about every two years. I don't think they did it this year. But one year we knocked on about 10,000 doors. And uh, I think that year about 80 people were baptized. That's the body of Christ. It was in Alabama, but it's still the body of Christ. Amen? So uh, the last one, I think I said H&M uh, for heart and mouth. And the reason I put that like there, if you look at that passage of scripture, it, it, it talks mainly about, it talks about 
the eyes. It talks about the ears, the, uh, the hands, the feet. Uh, it doesn't talk, it talks about the nose, but I didn't see any real application we could make to that. If you can think of one, just put it down. <laughs> yeah, the potlucks, okay. <laughs> okay. But anyway, just write a, a seven words or less on that post-it note for, for how you can build up the body of Christ using your feet and your hands, how you can build up the body of Christ using your ears and your eyes, and how you can build up the body of Christ using your heart. As a man think is in his heart, so is he. So we, you know what we're talking about here. And as was mentioned, uh, with the mouth. How do you build up the body of Christ with your mouth? How can you do it? I said, praise him. And I said, make melody in my heart. You make melody in your heart to the Lord. Does that strengthen the body of Christ? And if everybody was doing that, just think if everybody was just worshiping and praising God in spirit and in truth, you'd leave your soul so fired up, you would just hardly be able to control yourself. And so what I'd like for you to do is if you would just fill out one of those posters for each one of those uh, and give some thought to the blessing of your eyesight and the, your ears and your voice and your speech and your hands and your feet and just your physical and spiritual heart uh, and your mind, your intelligence, how you can use those things to perpetuate growth in the body of Christ. So I'm saying as the body of Christ, what are we able to do with the visible, most favorable parts of our lives that may correlate to those different parts of the body that were talked about here? So I guess everybody's had a chance to write some down. And it looks like we're not gonna get to the, the last part of the class where I really wanted to talk about this part. What are some of the body characteristics that are less flattering? And, and that's a, for another discussion. Because the Bible talks about it. I mean, it says parts of the body seem to be weaker or indispensable and are parts that we think are less honorable and we treat with special honor and the, and the parts of the body that are unpresentable and treated with special modesty. There's correlations to these things. There's a reason why God put these things before us. But for right now, I'd like for us to do what I call a gallery wall. If you would just get up and go to the particular board and put over here the one that you have for EE, the one that you have over here for HF, hands and feet, and the one that you have up here for the, the, the mind, the heart, the mouth. If you just kind of get up and, this is our seventh inning stretch, okay? I know that a lot of people want to come to Bible class and just kind of sit, sit and, and, and talk. I mean, be talked to. But there is a lot that we can do in the family of God.
since we're, we're coming close to the end of the class, uh, I just want to thank everybody that's participating in this. Realize, remember, the whole intent is building the body of Christ. And you are telling us some of the things that you can do. Um, if you love, on the way out, if you just drop those pins back here on this blue uh, briefcase on the way out. Now, why did we ask you to write them down? Some people who are goal setters or teaching how to set goals talk about conscious auto-suggestion. Conscious auto-suggestion is just a suggestion from yourself to yourself. Why do they ask you to write down goals? Yes, so they're measurable. And they ask you to do that because it helps to crystallize your thinking. If you can write it down, you can really give some thought to what it is that you're doing. And you have put some really great stuff up here. And just on the one, the, the heart and the mind and heart. Teach others and the children. Pray to God from the heart. That's just one. What I want to do is I want to collate all these, put them together, share them with the family. These are some of the things that we're going to be doing in the future. We're not sitting on the sidelines. If you've ever sat on the sidelines, get ready to get out on the field and do the stuff. Especially now, we're coming out of a pandemic. We really have to look at ways that we can come back stronger than ever before. Uh, just like when the, the Christians were persecuted, they came back stronger than ever before. And now that's why we have millions of people all over the world that know about the truth of the gospel instead of just those folks that were gathered there in Jerusalem. So this is kind of a, a baseline, some of the things that we're looking at. Be prepared in the future to be able to make a commitment. Now I'll put up there, I can use those different parts to, of my body that God has blessed me with to serve him. In the future, it's not going to be I can. It's going to be I will. It's going to be I will teach little children. Do money night for the master. Send out a card to somebody. Call somebody on the phone and encourage them. Uh, talk to, I, I think I told you I talked to Brother Wells the other day. It was really good talking to him. Sister Ann Kelly. How many of y'all remember her? Sister Ann Kelly talked to her. She was delighted that we called her. That's something simple that you can do in the body of Christ. Uh, and you just had a wonderful conversation with her. She is a great, great grandmother. Uh, and, and it's just really important for us to get to know each other, to bond with one another, to come together, to encourage one another, those kinds of things. So I appreciate your participation. Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, did, did anybody, y'all hear that? Michael Collada? Michael Collada and Carolyn? Daryl and Dawson. Marilyn. B. Bear, okay. Dawson. <laughs> it, uh, I don't know, was it in a bulletin? At, at any rate, we're going to find out 
how we as a family of God can reach out to everybody. We're going to be strong. We're going to be robust. In fact, this congregation is probably one of the stronger, more robust congregations in this area. Some congregations are losing people. And I would imagine that there are probably people that will leave here and not come back. Let's reach out to them and find out why. Let's just touch base with them. Let's just love them so much they won't be able to stay away. So there are other parts of this lesson that I wanted to get into. I wanted to get into this, but I don't want to end on a bad note. I wanted to talk about some of those things in the body of Christ that God that, that keeps us from being strong. Uh, there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Honey eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, those kinds of things. Those exist in the body of Christ, amen? And we can't be strong if we allow those things to persist. So we have to look at ways in which we can purge those things out and help everybody to be strong. Let's pray. I got enough, Father, we love you and we thank you for bringing us to this place that we can begin to exercise and, and continue to perpetuate the love that we have for one another, which is a demonstration of the love we have for you. And we just pray, Father, that you will help us to be a very active part in serving in the vineyard in a way that will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. We pray for those who are not here. We pray for those who are on their way. We pray, Father, for the children, the children all over the world, especially in a time when the pandemic is attacking and targeting little children. We pray that just as Jesus loved the children, that we will be able to shower them with love and that we will do that with one another. Be with us in all that we do. Help us to be a beacon of light in the community, on our jobs, and everything that we do so that people will see that we are a robust, strong body of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, before we go, I know I ran over. I hope y'all don't, I hope I don't get fired. Uh, on the 2nd of October, there is a, a brotherhood-wide, worldwide, 1,000 churches of Christ will be knocking on doors. Uh, we'll try to get more information to you. We've got a few weeks to build up to that. If you look at your calendar and you see that the 2nd of October is free for you and you're interested in that, shoot me an email or a text and I'll be able to give you a little bit more information on that. But we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. All right. Thank you.